What's up, guys? In this pod, I'm going to discuss the Aaron Rodgers situation, the Aaron Rodgers saga, so to speak. So if you're a Packer fan, I wonder how you're feeling about this. If you are a Packer fan and you're listening to this, DM me. Um, I just I'm curious if you feel as though your organization has done him wrong in some way, because to me, um, you know, I don't necessarily feel that way. But I want to get into this Aaron Rodgers thing. I want to talk about, you know, if the Packers should trade him or if they should, you know, basically kind of how this thing might play out and just all things Aaron Rodgers just for a minute here. So first thing, um, obviously, they they came out and said, for those of you that have been living under a rock or maybe just paying attention to draft stuff only, he was allegedly, you know, uh, going to be traded to the Denver Broncos. It looked like it was about to like happen um, on day one of the draft. Like it was, um, you know, and, and everybody, especially at least me, I was sitting there thinking, well, Denver picks, I think it was ninth in the first round. If they make that selection, we can basically put that Aaron Rodgers thing to bed for now. If they, you know, obviously if something happens before then, then, then that's that, right? If they trade for him before that pick, because that, Obviously, first round pick had to have been in the equation for a trade for Rodgers if they were going to do that, at least at that particular time. So um, the logical thing would tell you that they're not going to trade him right now, right? Because, you know, he's got, I think it's two years left on his contract. And, um, you know, he just had one of the best seasons of his career. So, but anyways, I want to give you my take on this. So first things first, he wants to be traded, right? If he apparently... What what's being said is if he's not traded, then he's just going to retire. He's just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm basically I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Right. Uh, Essentially. But the only thing about that is let me and I know you guys are really going to push back on this, but it's it's I know that this is correct as much as see a lot of times people they don't like something, right? What I'm especially like what I'm about to say. A lot of people that are big Aaron Rodgers fans are not going to like this. But the fact remains, it is what it is, right? What I'm saying, what I'm getting at here is Aaron Rodgers, if he was to retire, he would have to pay back $23 million signing bonus money, right? Prorated signing bonus. He would have to pay back, you know, maybe they'd let him do it in, in increments or whatever, be like $11.5 million a year over the next two years. So um, that's first things first, right? If he, and not only that, but he would also be leaving on the table roughly about $50 million in earnings over the next two years. So if he can, you know, take his current bank account, right, whatever, I'm sure he's got plenty of money. It's not the point here. But now subtract $23 million from it, right? Green Bay a check for that. Say, okay, here's your signing bonus money back. And then forego right around $50 million in additional earnings. So you're talking about 70-ish, whatever, million dollars that he would basically have to part ways with. So you have to ask yourself, I know you're upset for whatever, we'll get into that later, you know, but is it worth 70 plus million dollars? Are you that pissed off? Like if if that's the case, maybe there's something we don't know, right? Like maybe, you know, there's some serious deep personal stuff in there because that doesn't seem like, you guys haven't drafted a receiver in the first round. Like, you know, it's it's crazy. But anyways, let's get into his his um, supporting cast, right? So Aaron Rodgers, supporting cast-wise, has had, in my opinion, one of the better supporting casts 
every year of his career. I mean, it's it's never been like as a Panther fan, I can tell you this, and Panther fans will back me up on this one to the cows come home. Cam Newton did more with less and never once complained about it. As a matter of fact, Cam was just, you know, very upset when Carolina decided to move on from him. So, you know, for for the public persona of the two, if you just come, you know, look at Aaron Rodgers, look at Cam Newton, you would th- and and believe me, Cam Newton means and meant as much maybe to the fans of the Carolina Panthers as Aaron Rodgers does to Green Bay fans because when you think about it, they had Brett Favre and they had Bart Starr, right? The Panthers, we we had Jake DeLome for like a year and a half or two and a half years where he was good. We didn't have much else, you know, in terms of quarterback play. We had Steve Berline back in the day, if you guys are old enough like me to remember that, where he was pretty good. He was our backup, came in for, I think it was for Kerry Collins, threw like 30 touchdowns one year. The point is, we haven't had, we know what it's like, you know, to not have a quarterback, right? So we love Cam. And Cam was a very, very good player for us for almost a decade. You know, took us to the Super Bowl, had a ton of success. The the point I'm making here is Cam Newton, when he went to the Super Bowl and went 15-1, and one, almost ran the table and went 16-0 in that season, his leading receiver was Ted Ginn, a journeyman for the far majority of his NFL career until he linked up with Cam Newton. You know, so when you, when you look at it like, and you talk about, well, and then his offensive line, the best left tackle he ever had, well, he had Jordan Gross for the first couple of years of his career. But other than that, the best tack- left tackle he ever had was Michael Orr. You know, the um, so when you look at Aaron Rodgers' situation, you know, should he be frustrated that they, you know, haven't taken a receiver in the first round? I, I mean, I guess that's fair, right? Like maybe mildly frustrated. But when you're talking about like to the extent of – you're going to retire and, and you know, you don't care about earning an additional 50 million that's left in your contract to earn and paying back the, because Green Bay could in theory say, you know what, man, don't worry about paying us the signing bonus money back. We love you. You, you know, you're one of the greatest players in our organization's history. They could do that. I suppose like they did the, the Colts did that with Andrew Luck in, in a, you know, pretty different circumstance there. Um, but Anyways, let me get back to my original point here. Cam Newton had mediocre to below average offensive lines every year of his career. I mean, essentially, right? Maybe that the Super Bowl year was a little bit better, but essentially that was that's what he had. He never really had a great receiver. You know, I mean, he had Steve Smith, of course, and he was great, but he was the tail end of his career. And then Gettleman cut him, right? And, and I actually think that in hindsight was the right move. But at the time, it was like devastating because when – he Gettleman cut Steve Smith at that time. The Panthers had no one on the roster that had ever played an NFL game at the receiver position. You know, so then he went on to that offseason draft Kelvin Benjamin, sign a guy like Jericho Cotri, Jason Avant. You know, he did some things like that or whatever. And um, and it ended up working out okay, right? But it was never like, you know, you didn't look at that supporting cast. It wasn't what Patrick Mahomes has. You know, it wasn't um, the Buccaneers, right, with Mike Evans, Chris Guy. It wasn't that. It wasn't a um, high-level supporting. It wasn't what the Buffalo Bills had last year. So when you look at that and you, when you look at the public kind of perception of Cam and, and versus Aaron Rodgers, you would wonder – why didn't Cam Newton ever act like this? You know, why why didn't Cam ever 
threaten retirement if he's not traded or, you know, it's just, it's kind of silly, but okay. Now let's get into the Jordan love saga. First thing I want to say about this, Jordan love, when green Bay drafted him, Aaron Rodgers was not, um, how do I say this without losing you guys? You know, Aaron was not playing at an MVP level, right? Cause in 2020, Aaron Rodgers was absolutely insane. What do you have? 48 touchdowns to five picks. You know, it was outrageous. Over eight yards in attempt, all that craziness, right? I mean, he was completely insane. But over the previous three years, and remember, they didn't draft Jordan Love this year, right? They would have never done that. They would have been like, nope, we're good. We're going to take a receiver or whatever else. You know, Eric Stokes at corner. But over the previous three years, Aaron Rodgers, and I know he missed games, but bear with me. We're going to just look at his raw stats over the previous three years. 16 touchdowns to six interceptions, right? And that was in 2017. 25 touchdowns to two picks. So, yeah, that's that's great and everything, but they were 6-9-1. and one, And he, um, you know, his completion percentage was one of the lowest he's ever had. And his, um, you know, he just, it just, it was, okay, let me just move on here. I'm going to get to that later. The next year in 2019, which is the year like after they, I mean, um, they drafted Jordan Love after this year, 26 touchdowns to four picks and his completion percentage dipped a little bit lower. So when you look at that, right, and you see that his yards per pass attempt that year were the second lowest in his entire career or tied for the second lowest, you start to think that it's reasonable to expect that a guy at 36 years old going on 37 maybe isn't going to ever get back to playing at an MVP level, right? That's what people are losing in all this. You know, if Aaron Rodgers had just come off of this year where he had 48 touchdowns and five picks, won the MVP, and was clearly the best quarterback in football, at least during the regular season, and Green Bay went and drafted Jordan Love in the first round, traded up to draft him in the first round, then he would have a real gripe. But we're talking about three years, three seasons in a row where Aaron Rodgers was what I called at the time and what I stand by now, he was a little bit more dynamic version of Alex Smith. He really was. He was not, you know, MVP Rodgers. He was not the guy, you know, back in the 2012, 13, 14, right? He was not that guy. And it's not unreasonable on the organization's part to look at his production and look at just how he looked over that three-year span and say, you know, I think it'd be in the best interest of our organization to go ahead and get his replacement. Doesn't mean we have to start love in 2020. Doesn't mean we have to start him in 2021. But, you know, we'd still at that point have him under contract for at least two, probably three more years, right? Being Jordan Love. And and then we can make a decision and see what we're going to do. Like if Rodgers, I mean, what if, if Aaron Rodgers in 2020 would have had another season like 26 touchdowns, four picks, which is what he did in 2019. You know, at that point, you're you're almost ready to make that switch, right? Because Rodgers is still going to have some trade value. I mean, we just saw Matthew Stafford, even coming off an injury, have trade value. And um, yeah, I mean, so I don't fault Green Bay for that pick. I didn't like Jordan Love. I think I had like a late second, early third round grade on him as a prospect. I acknowledge his upside. It's certainly intriguing, right? But 
But he just, for my money, at least for my preference as a quarterback in terms of like evaluating quarterback, that's not, I wasn't excited about him. Right. But, you know, I understand the Packers organization, organizational thought process on that. And at the end of the day, Rodgers can be mad. It doesn't mean Green Bay has to do anything crazy because of it, right? So if you're the if you're the GM of the Packers right now, Gutenkunst or whatever his name is, right? If you're the GM there <clears throat> and Aaron's representation comes to you and says, hey, Aaron wants out or he's going to retire. I think, you know, okay, you could either give in to that immediately and just trade him, you know, and, and then roll with love. Or you could just say, I'm not trading him, period. Fuck off. I mean, really, like, you know, politely, fuck off. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Sorry. You know, I, <clears throat> I'm, it's okay that he's upset. I get that. You know, I, I wish he wasn't. If there's anything I can do to, you know, make this right, let me know. But it's not going to be trading him. I'm not trading him right now. I mean, I, that's that's a pretty fair position in my opinion because at the end of the day, man, a lot of these guys, <clears throat> like before all this stuff happened with Deshaun Watson where he was kind of like acting like he hated Houston. And I understand that. He's got a real reason to be upset over there in Houston, right? When you look at the Deshaun Watson situation though, if I'm the GM of Houston, right, Nick Casario, the brand new GM, I'm looking at him and I'm saying, bro, literally one less than a year ago, you signed a contract and committed to us for four years. Like all this stuff, what, and I know some things happened after he signed that. I get that, man. But at the end of the day, you committed to something and you put pen to paper in a contractual commitment. So did Rogers. You know, like it's, I know you're not going to like that. Some of you are not going to like that, but that's the truth. And the other true statement in this, in this whole thing is Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing at an MVP level. I really want you guys to understand that and like really think about that, right? If you're the, GM of the Packers, and you're saying, hey, man, he's not looking elite, right? He wasn't looking superhuman Aaron Rodgers-like, which he has looked like in previous years. And when you say, hey, he's almost 40, you know, going to be 37 next year, maybe it's time we start looking for his replacement, right? Like if they probably said to themselves, look, we love Jordan Love. For whatever reason, they love Jordan Love. They probably said to themselves, hey, we love this kid. If he falls into the, you know, twenties or wherever it was, then we're then we want him, right? Like we're gonna we need to make a move on and get that guy on our team. You know, he can sit behind Aaron for a few years, and uh, shit, Aaron maybe may even be able to play out the remaining part of his contract, right? That's fine too, you know, and and then go test free agency. But I think what it is, <clears throat> I think Aaron Rodgers is thinking to himself. Who the f do you think you're 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 messing with, right? Like, you guys doubted me. I proved you that I'm still the MVP of the league, and 
I don't want to be your babysitter. You know, like, let me, let me out of here. And it's kind of like, you know, all elite level athletes, competitors have this in them, right? Where they're like, dude, you know, like Michael Jordan's still pissed about an article some no-name reporter wrote 37 years ago. Like all these, you know, and I'm not comparing Aaron Rodgers to Michael Jordan. I'm just saying all these guys. This is another reason why the Trevor Lawrence no chip on the shoulder thing doesn't necessarily get me more excited on him as a prospect. Aaron Rodgers has a boulder on his shoulders, right? He does. Like he pretends like he doesn't, but what you're seeing right now is a guy is a man that is pissed off, right? Like he's like, you guys thought I was done, you know, and now I don't want you to reap the benefits because I'm back and he knows he's back. Right. And the craziest part about this is I personally don't think he would have ever reached this level of play again had they not drafted Jordan Love. And the funny thing about that, back to tying it into the Trevor Lawrence thing, maybe that's more or further proof that you need that chip on your shoulder because maybe Aaron Rodgers didn't have the chip on his shoulder anymore. You know, maybe he was just like, yeah, I'm just going through the motions, you know, whatever. Like, I'm, you know, obviously very well respected. I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer if I retire in 2019. You know, if I retire in 2018, I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer. So them drafting Jordan Love was just like it reset and kind of triggered him, you know, to be the to just go back to MVP Rogers. Right. And like when you looked at what he was doing and the reasons he wasn't playing well before for those like for that, like three year stretch there and he was playing well, I should rephrase that. The reason he wasn't playing elite. Right. The reason why he wasn't like at that elite level is because. He didn't really want to make a mistake. You know, he was kind of like, nah, just throw it away. He was leading the NFL in throwaways like every year or at least for a couple of years. And um, he wasn't – he was playing well early in games. I remember I was – I kept track of this stat. I think it was the, during the 2019 season, if you guys are following me. I kept track of this stat where it was like Aaron Rodgers on pass attempts 1 through 10 – in games was like awesome. He was completing 80% of his passes. And for anybody that knows anything about NFL, um, you know, the kind of the structure of the game plan is he, all NFL offenses for the most part, you know, they script the first 10 to 15, 20 plays, you know, so Aaron Rodgers, that means for those plays, he was really awesome. But after that, after those 10 pass attempts, first 10 of the game, in, you know, in the intermediate and, and uh, fourth quarters of games, he was not very good at all. It was like alarmingly bad. I, I wish I could find that. I, I, I don't have that stat in front of me, but it was alarmingly bad. And I compared that to, and I did this for several weeks in a row until the Aaron Rodgers supporters just had enough of it and were basically like threatening to kill me. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, they were, they were upset. So I just stopped with it because um, I wasn't trying to like, you know, I was people are accusing me of hating Aaron Rodgers and all this stuff, but I I don't hate him. I never did. I was just saying like something's up here. He's not like all he's doing well is kind of what every quarterback does well. You know, not it was kind of what like you know like for example, you look at Gardner Minshew. 
if you put him in a, a, a Kyle Shanahan offense, he's going to start almost every game seven for 10, 70 yards and a touchdown, you know, or like some type of good stat. But what's he going to do after that when, when the defense makes adjustments to the game, you know, when they start to see, okay, this is what the offense is doing. We're going to adjust and we're going to take that away. Now what's he going to do? That's when actual quarterback play comes into it, you know? And so that's what Rodgers wasn't doing well. And that's why I was so alarmed. It was like, whoa, this is not normal, right? This, this shows me that LaFleur is not the problem, right? This shows me that Aaron Rodgers is the problem. So what I'm getting at, guys, is I totally understand Green Bay's thought process on, on drafting Jordan Love. You know, again, I wouldn't have drafted Love in the first round. Definitely wouldn't have traded up for him. But I understand that. You know, and then, and then like everybody's still upset about the AJ Dillon thing, which is wild to me because AJ Dillon was a second round pick, right? And yeah, you had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams ahead of him, right? But let's keep in mind, guys, the Green Bay Packers the previous year were in the NFC Championship. What does that tell you? That means they didn't have like a shitty roster, meaning they probably didn't have a bunch of areas of need. So if they had two or three positions that they quote unquote needed a player at, but when they got on the clock, their board told them that there wasn't someone there at those positions. And AJ Dillon was the highest graded player on their board. And they're looking at their, their contracts expiring contracts after 2020, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams were on there. You know, it's everybody gets so emotional and just, the knee-jerk reaction somehow becomes the narrative, and that's wild. It's crazy, right? Because guess what? Even though they re-signed Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon's going to be playing 40% of the snaps this year. He's going to have that Jamal Williams role at a bare minimum. So if he is who they thought he was, which in the game against Tennessee this year, he looked pretty damn good. If he is who they thought he was, that off that run game, that offense just got a whole lot better, and it only took one year. You know, so I, I think that we need to stop just bashing everything that doesn't make instant sense to us. You know, if, if somebody drafts somebody, if a team drafts a player that doesn't fill a immediate glaring need, in the, especially in the early rounds. Fans just get so angry. It's wild. It's like, guys, calm down. You know, like, it, look at the, try and figure out what they're doing, right? Like, look at the expiring contracts. You know, let's look at the age of, you know, the position group that they selected a guy at. Like, just, you know, like, relax. Think about it for a second. But anyways, so my overall opinion on the Roger situation to kind of wrap this up is, like, you know, I understand why he's pissed. He's an elite competitor. That's why. Right? And they they kind of reactivated the chip on his shoulder, you know. So, I understand that and he's thinking, you know, I don't want to give you guys the the reward of this, right? Like a, of of you know, you guys kind of triggering me back to who I knew I could be and who I used to be, which is an elite NFL quarterback, maybe the best in the NFL. Maybe you know, the best current quarterback in football possibly, right? He's up there. Definitely. So he's thinking, I want to stick it to you even more. And I want to go do this for somebody else so that you guys, you know, basically like 
No, no. Oh, you want Jordan, right? You want Jordan Love? Well, then, yeah, you guys start him and let me go somewhere else and let's see who wins. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where maybe he looked at the Brady situation and he said Brady was able to show Belichick like, oh, you know, I'm not that important to you. And, and he kind of stuck it to him, and now Belichick had to watch him win a ring somewhere else. So maybe Rodgers is – I mean, likely Rodgers probably think it's something like that, right? Like, you guys wanted Jordan, you know? Like, start him. You know, he's your guy, right? <laughs> Let me go somewhere else. But on the flip side of it, they didn't um, they didn't cut Aaron Rodgers, right? They didn't, they didn't draft Jordan Love and, and say, all right, Aaron, this is your last year here. Like, no, man. They, they said, Aaron's our guy. And then when you had an MVP season, well, they're most definitely not out of their minds. They're not going to just say, okay, you know, <laughs> you just had one of the best seasons in NFL history. Let's just go ahead and move on. No, they're not, they're not going to do that. That doesn't make sense. You know, because again, if you think about what they actually have invested into Jordan Love, it's nothing crazy. It's a late first round pick along with a fourth rounder. You know, like, like think about this. The Titans just last season drafted Isaiah Wilson, and he's no longer on the roster. It's essentially the same thing. Two years before that, I think it was a but Yeah, two years ago, the Washington football team drafted Dwayne Haskins at this, I think, 15th pick in the draft. He's no longer on their football team. You know, it's it's not that absurd to, you know, like, what if Aaron Rodgers goes out and does this again this year? It wouldn't be that absurd, in my opinion, for Green Bay to just, Maybe we'll just trade Jordan Love and, you know, like, I mean, they've even tried to extend Rodgers. So the whole argument of like, well, he just wanted that commitment. No, dude, Aaron Rodgers has been taken, well taken care of for his entire career. Like he's always had a very good to great offensive line. Always, always, like literally always has had that. He's had receivers like Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, um, um, Donald Driver, uh, Jamichael Finley, the tight end. He's had a you know a bunch of good running backs there, you know, in more of a committee style a lot of the time. But nonetheless, they've had a pretty good running game when he was like for the most part, right? Or they were good situationally as a as a running team, you know, um, and. He's had plenty to work with. He really has. You know, and Mike McCarthy, sorry, this is going to offend some people too. Mike McCarthy's a good play caller. He, had, he was in good hands there. And then, oh, by the way, when Mike McCarthy, you know, when things got a little stale there, they got rid of Mike McCarthy. They kept Rodgers. They hired LaFleur. And LaFleur, turns out, is a really damn good play caller as well. You know, so... At the end of the day, if you're going to get mad at the Packers for not drafting a, a particular player in, or a position in the first round, I would just implore you to look at the weapons he's always had and why does it matter where they've drafted a certain player? Like, when does Bill Belichick draft a receiver in the first round other than to kill Harry? You know, it doesn't matter. Right? When does when does Sean Payton draft a receiver in the first round? Like we can play this game if you want, but let's do it fairly and let's let's really contextualize it. I mean, how many receivers on average over the last ten years have been drafted in the first round? Four or five? Three or four? Because it's gotten more as of late, but I bet the average is somewhere in the four range, right? So that means 
28 teams on average over the last decade don't draft a receiver in the first round, right? So, like, please, it's not – you're acting like Aaron Rodgers is this poor little, you know, depraved little boy. Like, he's he's not. He's been well taken care of. He's been in a phenomenal organization that's had the same coach except for recently, right? I mean, Mike McCarthy was there his entire career. You know, you're talking about a guy – that is in basically the Pittsburgh Steelers of the NFC. That will run, right? So from the Packers' standpoint, they're going to sit there and they're going to say, Aaron, we're not trading you. You want to retire? Retire. You know, it's still – if he retires, he's still – he's going to have to give all that money back. And even if Green Bay is so nice and they say, don't worry about giving us that money back, he's going to he's going to forego $50 million over the next two years. And he can't just say, oh, I'm back and, and you know, no. He'll have to sit out for two years, two full years, this year and next year, and then he would come back the following year as a free agent. So, um, yeah, I don't think the Packers are going to trade him. I don't see why they would. I think I do think they're going to trade him one year from now, right, like roughly about 10 months from now. I think then, then they will look to trade him, right? Maybe they'll get Jordan Love. They'll get a look at him in the preseason this year. You know, what he's asking for them to do is, well, they haven't even seen this guy on the field right? So anyways, that's my thoughts on it, guys. I hope you enjoyed the pod. I will catch you later. Peace.